Welcome to episode 19 of Bastard Pastors. Still going. Still it's going. 20 it. It's 20. We just call it quits at 20. Um, we have a special guest today. Um, super excited. Who is super excited here. We actually have, uh, I just texted him yesterday, like, hey man, you want to come be in the podcast? And he's like, yeah, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> um, Mark is a bunch of things. Um, mainly a blacksmith, yeah. which uh, I think is fascinating. You're actually one of my most fascinating new friends I have in my life because you're really smart, like really smart and really well read. I always feel dumb when I'm around you because I'm like, I don't know. If things. <laughs> like what are we, when we were moving, you, helping you move the other day and I was like, what what war is this? And you're like, <laughs> war of 1812. 1812. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, why were they in the Great Lakes? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it all happened somewhere else. Did I tell you that day that Justin Stone refers to the Civil War as the, the War of Northern Aggression? I never said that. <laughs> no, That's not, that was my wife. She learned Northern Aggression. I learned War of the States. They were like, hey. And that's so much better. Right. You don't say Civil War, he'll, guys. He'll pretend he's not from the South, even though his, his home Man, state. we were neutral. His, his state was the capital we of the were Confederacy. Neutral. You were not neutral. Well, <laughs> Richard Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy, man. They would, Revisionist history, man. They would tell us, like, uh, well, now they're proud of guys, you need to know right now that this has nothing to do with slavery, ever. They were like, it is all about the factories are up north, they and we ran what? out of resources. That's what I heard, man, growing up. So we had to start using black folks to build everything, right? <laughs> we ran out of resources. They, they had factories. If we, we had, had black folks. If we had the resources, we would have won the war. That's well, that's probably true. <laughs> if you want to look at why they lost the war, that's probably true. That's not why the war was fought. Anyways, very smart, and you're a blacksmith. Um, and I think you're just an awesome guy. And interestingly enough, you and Jason remind me a lot of each other because you have a lot of the same similarities. You're both really smart, and you're both really into history, and you both like the same bands. And you're my and other Irish drinking, culture friend. And Irish culture. You're my and, other friend. They're like, oh, if I, I do tomorrow, if I need somebody to go have a Guinness with me, I'm on the Malone's, that I could, that you would be in. Yeah. And like, you're like super well connected in the city. You know all kinds of people. I don't know if I'm well connected. I think you are. You're always like, oh, that person. All right. And I always know, like. That's supposed to be a secret. Man. If, we, <laughs> if we have a. a I race, know that asshole. If we have a racist drink at uh, at Red Tree, like the black and tan, then I know, like, okay, I shouldn't have that. <laughs> um. But anyways... Does that come up often where you have racist drinks at Red Tree? Yeah, I don't pretty know. much. Should we talk about that? <laughs> I don't think so. We'll talk to you about the fact that it's Patty, not Patty. Because you're, all uh, your posts around St. Patrick's Day, I was like, I almost had a conniption fit. Oh, that boot like, TTY? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You should have said something. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Details, man. <laughs> Details. He's not lying. Um, how long have you been a blacksmith? Is that what you did when you college for? No, no. Oh. No, what? I went to college for graphic design. Oh, that's right. And but then, I, when did you get in blacksmith? Uh, I started in 2007. Um, so the economy tanks and you went into blacksmithing? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Left a nice stable job. With right, <laughs> to, to, to go and make blacksmith. No, I, uh, I mean, I didn't go back to college for graphic design until 2003, so I been a union organizer, labor organizer for about 14 years. Lived Were you in the, the union? Is that how you became a labor organizer? No, no. I was active in politics okay. when I was in high school, uh, socialist politics and labor organizing, and then got into that and basically, you know, moved around the country doing that, working okay. in uh, 
my first job was working at Cons down here in Cincinnati in, in the slaughterhouse, which was it's a union shop. And that thing looks like a when you drive if you it's when you drive the normal lateral to hit seventy five. Right. It looks like like a scene out of the TV show Twenty Four. Like some shit is happening oh, inside. Oh, where is it at? No, it doesn't exist anymore, guys. But but that like oh that's uh that's Proctor, isn't it? Proctor and Gamble. The Proctor yeah. Gamble yeah, type. Yeah. Of, it just looks like some terrorist is gonna kill. So there's a there's an innocent person tied up in chains, and the hero <laughs> has to make a decision whether to catch the bad guy or free the good guy. Well, Proctor and Gamble's an interesting history because that basically it's in Saint Bernard, which was a company town. It was right. basically set up and run by Proctor and Gamble to keep the unions out. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that why it's uh, not part of Cincinnati? That's part of the history, yeah. That's fascinating. So my dad, my dad was a car was uh, in a the, whatever the carpenters union was mm-hmm. for years growing up, and when I went to college, he really wanted me to go get a management degree and join the carpenters union at the same time, because his idea was that if you had a degree you could rise to run the union relatively easily mm-hmm. inside that world. Mm-hmm. That if you had some like business training, that's kind of thing, and it was. But he tried real, and it's funny now because my parents are die-hard Republicans now. Mm-hmm. But they like my when I was eighteen, so less than twenty years ago, 20, 21, 20 years ago, my dad was trying to encourage me to go become a union organizer, mm-hmm. even as his union was dying. Right. The kids' union doesn't have a not nearly the punch they did when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Now, and, but they're all bankrupt too. They're all broke. Yeah, and what I did wasn't like I wasn't on staff for the union. I okay. was, you know, doing it as you know for political reasons. As and part you're the guy it. trying to like also go into plants and to make non-union shops go yeah. to the union. Yeah. My mom was a union teacher. How do you yeah. do that? What do you do? Walk in. And no, you, well, you have to get hired. Get people upset, and then <laughs> and then be like, you know what, you guys, you catch the union. Well, you guys. don't have to do much to get them upset because most working conditions are pretty bad. Right. And, uh, do you no, start you, whispers like, hey, should you do that? No, you just, you know, talk to them about the fact of, you know, you're working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and making barely enough to survive. And Is that still going on? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Probably worse now. A lot of the, even a lot of the coal mines now, you know, in West Virginia, you know, they're working six, seven day shifts, and that's why there are so many accidents, too, just because, and that's the big thing with unions and safety is that, you know, bosses are always pushing workers to work these long hours, you know, with no rest, and that just leads to accidents, and in the case of coal mines, it can lead to explosions, and, yeah. you know, tens of... So, nowhere have bosses or whoever's leading <clears throat> said, oh, this seems like a, we'd get better work done if we didn't do that? Well, workers are seen as expendable. Uh, you know, they can find ten more to replace you on the street, partly also because the economy is so bad and there is so much unemployment. Yeah, But even to this day, <clears throat> it's still like that? Yeah, I mean, things have improved, but that's largely because of the role that unions have played in, in, in raising wages and imposing safety standards on the job. And they're doing everything. Like, they're doing everything. They can't get rid of all of that. Yeah. They're trying to roll back every one of yeah. those sort of advances in production. And for the last 10 years, the economy sucking. It's easy to roll those back. Because yeah. if you come to you and say, hey, we get, we're going to have to roll this back, or you have to lose your job. Yeah. We, they'll move your factory to Mexico tomorrow, right. or China, or wherever it needs to go. Yeah. Um, did you know uh, that I've mentioned you in several sermons that I've preached at church on Sundays? Saying, uh, don't be like Mark, he's a fucking atheist. <laughs> I, have your, I have your picture up there. The devil no horns. <laughs> it's like, the devil has come to Cincinnati, guys, and his name is... Uh, we no. know he's the devil because he's a blacksmith. He works Here's with fire. Saying, like, he's brought oh my, the fire from hell. I had a conversation with my blacksmith friend, 
Sometimes, or I'll say, I had a conversation with my atheist friend. Ooh, you're, just, you're the token atheist. <laughs> you get to be the token atheist. No, there's like six. We do, have, we do have, I mean, uh, then there's all the practical atheists. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> practical atheist. People who claim to believe in Jesus, but don't act like it. There's plenty of that, right? <laughs> like, if you live like, you live as if there is no, no God making any demand on your life, even no matter what you say you believe. Mm. That's sort of the thought within, I think it was, I think it was Bonhoeffer, by the way, but this sort of idea of practical atheist. It may have been Lewis. This idea of a practical atheism where you claim to believe in God, but you live as if there is no God over here. So even if you claim to believe this, there's this atheism right. over here that says, I can do, I'm sort of autonomous, or I can do whatever I want. Or it's just, it's really a way for people to take digs at other Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, is what Lewis was doing, right? <laughs> right. Someone, oh, yeah. If someone came to me and said, you practical atheist, I would be like, I, I guess. Sure, what? Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, so anyways, I thought it'd be fun to have you be, just to talk about differences in some of that because I think we have fascinating conversations the few that we've had mm. every now and then they've tilted towards religion and about coming over and sacrificing babies at my house well we've done that a couple <laughs> times but, uh, that didn't work <laughs> did, did not get the Jason's results. still alive the curse didn't work <laughs> I wanted to I still don't have any money and that's um so how do you what so do you say I identify as atheist like is that how I, yeah I mean I don't Does it come around. up? I don't a lot? go around. No, I generally don't go around with the sign preaching. <laughs> there are kind of the, uh, the, the new atheists that you know are much more militant about. Yeah, it. so I, I really, know a lady. Who's... My point of view is I really don't care what other people think as long as they don't impose their beliefs and ideas on me. You mm. know, that's kind of my approach to things. Which I think is most people I know. I do know a lady. I met her, um, and I actually really like her because she's really funny. And that goes a long way with me. But uh, we were sitting there. Is your friend that you know from your kid's school? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I'm not even an atheist. I'm a fucking anti-theist. If I hate anything, that's it. And that's why I was like, jeez. Oh, your fun. <laughs> I was like, but she's really funny after that. Well, I like, found a lot of people that are like super militant atheists a lot of times come out of like a really religious background. Right. And a lot of, I think, is a reaction to that. I mean, that's not... You know, that's a generalization, but, you know, I grew up in a pretty liberal, religious family, so I never really had that. What, so yeah, what what did you, do? were your parents religious at all? Uh, yeah, they were. I mean, my dad was raised Catholic, and um, my mom was uh, Protestant, um, which was a big problem for my Catholic grandmother when right. they got married. Um, did they have a Catholic wedding? <clears throat> they did, but that's not what they were planning. Oh. Like, my, my, <laughs> so your grandma won. <laughs> yeah, my, my mom wanted to have the uh, wedding in their uh, Congregationalist church in Toledo, which is a Protestant church, and my grandmother said she would refuse to come to the wedding if it was held in the Protestant church. My grandmother was a very traditional Irish Catholic, right. went to Mass, you know, seven, t- seven times a week. And Do you think that that... I, I hear stories about that all the time. I don't know a single person that's that militant. Like, I don't know any militant Catholics like that anymore. Like, especially I think younger. that's changed. I mean, I, there's there's definitely still the Mel Gibsons of the world right, that right. are sort of, you know, the extremist wing of the... the Mel Gibsons of the Ca- world. Well, he's a very kind of militant, you know, pre-Vatican II yeah. type of... I saw a story the other day. There's a group of conservative Catholics that met in Spain this week to try to depose uh, the current pope. Yeah. Like, there's a hard... Re- it's like a coup? Yeah, there's a hard reaction against him. I think right. a lot of that is the kind of the social... Yeah, totally. Side of Which it. is so strange, like, because if they just left him alone, like, he's not affecting these gigantic policy changes or whatever. It's not like he's this huge rabble-rouser. He's a relatively quiet, unassuming dude yeah. that doesn't say anything until people ask him questions. But I was like, oh, what would a coup... I was... 
there's part of me that likes a shit show. So if they're if they're cool, have them. This is awesome. A cool, I'm in. <laughs> um, and then so then what's your history with religion? Uh, well, my my parents were both. My dad was pretty much a lapsed Catholic. He you know he actually took us to you know synagogues and to Quaker meetings and oh yeah we were a lot for a long time we were in the Unitarian Church. Why Why did he do that? He was just trying to explore. You know, was interested in ideas, so and that's I got a lot of that from him too. Hunter, you have siblings? No, only two. Oh, okay. Sorry, when you said us, I just was my mom and my dad. Okay, gotcha. Us. I was like, I was like, family union. I never heard you talk about siblings before, so I didn't know. I killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a sibling, and everyone doesn't know because I never talk about it, so <laughs> it happens. But yeah, no, it was just he was interested in. in exploring ideas so you know we would take us we, we were unitarians for a long time and then i stopped doing that when i was young and then um did you you went to a unitarian church a couple weeks ago didn't you say no i was, was thinking it? about it but i yeah I, <laughs> getting um, up on sunday is not my strong point so then what <laughs> takes so then what is the jump from um like, oh, just kind of exploring, everything's kind of cool, to, like, nah, I'm just going to not believe any. Is it, so, hold on, <clears throat> it, I'm only asking because I'm super naive yeah, yeah, with everything. No. Um, is it atheism in the point, like, hey, there's nothing, like, is, like what, what, uh, what is, what is right now, when you die, is just, everything's just done and gone, yeah. like, it's ashes? Yeah, my view is that, and a uh, uh, big part of my understanding of the world was just looking around and seeing how the world exists and that it doesn't really square square to me with the idea of a loving and caring God if you see just even like the Holocaust the fact that six million people were destroyed in an industrial fashion and if there is a loving and caring God how could that possibly be allowed right. um, and you know you, there's examples just <clears throat> you know you can point to from all over the world um so that as i you know grew up and became more aware of things in the world and began questioning a lot of what you know we're taught um and I, I just think that uh if you look at the vastness of the universe <clears throat> the universe doesn't really care about us we're a tiny little point in a vast sea that you know the idea that we're somehow some special right. it's getting bigger thing. even as we speak yeah so i think uh you know, there is no preordained path, and you know our future is determined by our own conscious actions and what we do in our life, and that's what's important. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I always I haven't worked out a, 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 a systematic yeah on this yet. To, to present today. <laughs> well, I'm, actually, I'm still I'm like I halfway through my, my coffee. I didn't so. write my favorite. No, yeah, and then I, I realized was it was totally. Like off the cuff, which is I mean I, I think it's how we I was wondering that you were saying that like so the seminary that I went to, which is was Justin's undergrad and grad school, specifically trained you to answer those specific objections mm. in very specific like linear fashions. Yeah, oh, yeah, but I and think, I think most of them bullshit. were horseshit. Most of their answers were horseshit. Yeah, and so I was like, I wonder if Justin's a... got this like need to like no, yeah, but, I don't yeah, but... at all. Well, it's I, I mean, there's always the quote that I always thought was you know really powerful to me and I'll probably butcher it but it's the quote from Epicurus about um, if if God wants to eliminate evil but can't then he's not omnipotent if he 
Yeah, see, I'm butchering it. It's the thing yeah. of like, if he has the yeah, power yeah. to do so and he can't, then he's up, you know, and if right. he, he has the power and doesn't, doesn't, then he's an asshole. Right. And, you know, if, if he has neither the power to do it nor the want to do it, then why call him God? Right. Mm-hmm. So. I was reading, I was reading a, a Christian scholar that I like, and hit one of his points is that the debate that even exists now between sort of, like a guy like Richard Dawkins and mm-hmm. Christian, whatever, it, his point would be that it's not like this is new, like Epicureans and Stoics and Christians and Jews and people. These debates, the, the exact same debates with the exact same parties existed mm-hmm. in the ancient world. Like these are not yeah. new discussions. I think the thing that has changed is that I think the world has become more secular. You yes. Know? I mean, it's yep. just the, you know, the level of church attendance that they see and, you know, everything has declined dramatically and the rise of, you know, scientific ideas and belief in, you know, uh, supernatural ideas has declined, which I, I think is a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, spiritual beliefs definitely have a place and they can, you know, play a role for people, I think, you know, as part of binding communities together and all that. But um, my problem is, again, when people try and take those beliefs and then impose them on the broader society. Right. Which, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one of the things why I think I like talking to you or I hear in your perspective because I think most, almost everyone I can think of in my life who is like, say, oh yeah, I'm an atheist, is mainly a retaliation against something they were brought up with. Like they, well, I don't like how people who like God treat gay people or how they um, uh, don't believe in evolution. But so you say that like things. that's a negative thing. That no, yeah, yeah. Reaction. No, well, no, no. We, so I'm saying so that, we've always thought like it's a fair reaction. No, right. so I'm always like, oh, well, that makes complete sense <laughs> to me because the church has wronged you. Right. And so they, so my thing was, and, and then the, they end up having, if you talk, like some sort of mysticism or some sort of belief, but it can't be that because of how other people have acted. Because mm. it's always, I mean, that those are always... And then, and then it turns into Madonna's like weird ass Kabbalah nonsense. Mm. Right. Shut. No. Well, that's the thing I always or, thought was interesting, is particularly in the West, is like the, you know, people in the West obsession with Eastern mysticism. Yeah. It's like why not? I mean, there's a whole aspect of Western mysticism too. Right. It's like why they glom onto. Right. I guess because it's the exotic and. Yeah, you know, I think that's right. right. I think we were joking around yesterday. Fucking white people, man. Fucking white people reappropriating everything. Well, we were joking yesterday about like. Um, there are all these folks that are super into Thomas Merton mm-hmm. and as a as sort of a Christian man. And, I, no. and so I read him because I'm like, oh, I should read him. And then it's really easy for him to jump into sort of a connected Buddhism. And I don't know anything about Buddhism, but I know that those bridges get made all the time. Yeah. But as I was reading Thomas Merton the whole time, I was like, I know I'm supposed to like this. It's I a, can't stand it. I, it is annoying as hell. And I hate the, like, <laughs> I hate the... His poetry was bad. I don't know. I'm so, probably going to be denounced for saying that. No, so my, I think all poetry is bad. So I, I just don't like poetry in general. Uh, even the ones that Tolkien writes... No, I, a lot of times when I'm at the first, get the song for the first. That's that's, that's that's not totally accurate because you like the Pogues and that's poetry. That's true. So that's it's... true. That's true. <laughs> so I like song, but even even Tolkien, like so Tolkien, when I read Tolkien, I bet it wasn't until my mid thirties that I started actually reading the songs that he wrote. Right. Like for ever, because you get whole pages of songs about characters not connected to the story you're reading at all. What the hell is this? And I would just skip all of it. <laughs> it's why I, it's why I could never finish the Silmarillion. It took me 20 years to be able to finish mm. the Silmarillion. That's some dense reading. Some dense reading. Um, here's a question. What do you think? Because uh, this is all based on your comment when after we were talking about uh, uh, Captain Fantastic, or no? <laughs> 
What was it called? Was it Captain Phantasm, the yeah. movie, yeah. Which I think was probably the best movie I saw last year in 2016. I think it was it was really good. You should see it. I remember it's really, it. really good. It's the one with Viggo Mortensen. I told you, like, they had to do the sweet Chomsky. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just never, I never um, heard, I never saw a preview for this. Or... They celebrate Noam uh, Chomsky Day instead of Christmas. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, oh, dude, I love that movie. And you're like, oh, I'm surprised that you love that movie. And I was like, why are you surprised? Because of the, the, I guess the statements they make about belief in Christianity. But, like, well, when I hear. It's not belief in Christianity. It's the kind of extreme, you know. Right. Because yeah. when I hear, especially the things in that movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I don't. I don't believe in that either. Right. Whatever they're retaliating against is nothing that, which is what with which where I was, where I was going with all the other people. Like when they say, "Oh, I don't like that kind of God," I'm like, "Oh well, yeah, I don't like that kind of God either." Like that's not anything I subscribe to. So my question is, when you encounter some when like in our conversation talks, what do you think about? You're like, oh, it's, is it cute? Or you're like, oh, what's the deal? Or uh. Just to annoy and say you. whatever just, you want, Just man. to annoy you, I'll say, I kind of agree with Ricky Gervais on, on that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> I, I am atheist. I am sorry. I am atheist. Him, him, and David, dude, him and David Cross. Yeah, that they were. Their atheism annoys the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I do like the quote where he said, it's like, well, you guys, you know, they're... Can you do a British accent, please? No. <laughs> That's one thing I can't do as an Irishman, so... <laughs> He doesn't have any idea why, though. <laughs> I, yeah, because of the black and tans, man. <laughs> but, uh, no, his thing about, you know, uh, you know, there are 3,999 gods, and you believe in 3,000, 3, you don't believe in 3,998, I just believe in one less than you. <laughs> so, it's but, I mean, I... My view of religion in a lot of cases is that, um, you know, it's, it is, and this might sound kind of offensive, but it is a crutch in a certain sense. And it's like if someone breaks their leg, they need a crutch. They need it to be able to walk and, and you need it. So we're all broken people? Well, no, you need it. It is a way of that. being able to deal with a world that is irrational. It is right. brutal most of the time. And it's a way of making sense of the world and understanding your place in it. And it gives meaning to a lot of people. Um, and I think that's completely valid. I just, again, I, the problem I have is when people take, whether it's Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, or whatever, they take those belief systems and then try and impose it on yeah. other people that right. don't think the same, which is done by almost all religions. I mean, there you know been right. you know massacres carried out by Buddhists you know, against, you know, non-Buddhist populations and you, you see it anytime fundamentalism enters right. into the... Well, that's always people, right? People who yeah. bastardize and further well, things. It's also my hope. I think it's one of the, the tyrants we try to walk is I think that that particular strain of Christianity is dying right now. A strain of many that have been around. But like the particular American evangelicalism that we all grew up with is dying as hard as it can right now. And I think what we're seeing right now politically is, is even its death throes. This is its last. Even with like the rise of these massive mega churches and I mean, yeah, so like, like if, I just saw a thing where they were basically promoting Crossroads on Channel Five News right. last so night. The like, so they have to have so they get so they get significant uh, local local press because the because their pastor has a regular uh, half hour spot on WLW every Monday morning, Monday afternoon, and I can't figure out either they're paying for that with the normal advertisement and look that's 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 part of the 
that's that's how commerce works, that's right? Their model. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's people, why we have like a hundred people and they have <laughs> forty thousand. The flip side of that is that somebody that works for those radio station television might just go to that church and they may be just using right. it as a way to do yeah. like do that. Because I've seen, I noticed the same thing too. Um, but if you look, the rise in the mega church has only met the death of mid-sized churches. Yeah, because if you look and, and the Catholic church, the percentage the of Christians side. hasn't grown in America in yeah. forty years, like ever. Right. It's been thirty-eight percent for as long as we've been taking the right. census. So all it's meant is that like the church that I grew up in that had four or five hundred people, it just fades away because those people all end up. And my guess is is what happened is that Christianity used to be able to be fairly tribal. The Presbyterians can fight the Baptists. In a post-Christian world, the Christians have to glom together because it's no longer internal divisions that matter. It's very clearly an us versus the outsiders. Mm-hmm. And so the megachurch makes sense in there. Sorry. Or sort of what we're doing with a parish model also makes sense in that it says, hey, what's it look like to take care of your community or to be invested in your local community? Um, but the megachurch will give rise to the culture wars, though, because their whole model is us versus them. The parish model has never been... The good guys well, the and that's guys. partly also their attempt to cling to uh, a world that is also dying. That is the role of the world of you know misogyny and patriarchy and yeah. the women in the home as childbearing. Oh, yeah. You know, and go look at how many of those conservative. Go look at at how many of those mega churches. The bigger they get, the more conservative they go. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like, well, that's thing. why, like, I have so many of my. Gay friends or women friends or all kinds of things. People come say like, "Oh, did you know that Crossroads this Crossroads thinks this?" And I'm like, no. "Yeah, I I think it's pretty clear from the get go. They just have a lot of light and smoke. So it's it's I think it's coupled." Well, in I, this. I think for a long time it was big enough that you could sort of go and do whatever you wanted to do there. Mm-hmm. No, there was nobody paying attention to what right. individuals yeah. believed. Right. But like all churches that size do, they moved more conservative. I'm, their pastor went to a Reformed theological seminary. Of course he's concerned. There's, there's nothing there's nothing liberal coming out of that or nothing right. progressive or whatever term you want to use. Yeah. That, that's a conservative movement and it always has been. And um, But it is an interesting sort of take right now. Like is just as a friend who would say that those churches used to have, Justin and I used to be able to walk into a room at a city hall or and because we were pastors, that carried a certain amount of like social Not us with really, it. but... As people like yeah, us, right. but that doesn't happen anymore. Nobody gives, yeah. nobody gives a shit about a pastor anywhere that I go. Well, and I think too, also that you know, I mean, things can look kind of dark now with you know the way things are going in politics. But if you generally look at <clears throat> society, things have actually been improving the last fifty years. I mean, yeah. the fact that you know the gay marriage is now legal. You have you know growing, you know, you know the elimination of segregation. And things have improved, and I think it has less to do with you know who's an officer, who's elected, and more the fact that society's views have become more progressive, more secular, more, right. you know, open to, and I think that's a long-term trend. That yeah, and I think, I think it's a good thing, too, because you sort yeah. of said at the beginning, like, that might sound offensive. I think that's actually really healthy for right. the church, where the church gets to be a voice among voices. Because right. mm-hmm. I guess my, my only pushback would be, I, I totally agree. You think and we should be more racist and more sexist no, and more... No, <laughs> I, agree. I agree that those things... Uh, but I think I when you said the word, like, oh, we've become more secular, which is fine, fine, but I also say, oh, we've become more... In my terms, I say, oh, we've become more who God's wanted us to be. That's who, that's who we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be that stuff. And I think for a long time... Uh, I mean, I think that's why... You know, one of my good friends who was an atheist, his thing, his big thing was... 
man, Christianity was the moral like police telling everyone what to do and what not to do for 200 years. And he's like, of course I'm going to retaliate against that. That's horrible. And, mm. and I think the death of that power is the best thing that could ever happen for... Now, the, the flip side of that, and I've said for a long time that the big fear sort of in, especially the more conservative churches, is that there's going to be a persecution of Christians. I still think that's silly. But if it happens, it's going to be with the gun, with the bullet that the church chambered. Mm. Like so, the church tried its best to to legalize um, discrimination against homosexuals, racial discrimination, discrimination like non-gender pay, um, reproductive rights, all these kind of things. The church tried to use the state against people mm. and set a precedent for that. Twenty years from now, when the church is not the majority voice anymore, it will the precedent will already be set for everybody if they want to to use that that bullet against the church too. And so when that comes, it'll be because the church threw that, like dropped that ball. Yeah. I I mean, the thing too, that's always interesting is that all these churches that are very, you know, political generally tend to ignore the social side of, you know, Christianity, you know, the message of Jesus that you find in the sermon on the mountain, you know, the idea of, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that that tends to get left by the wayside, which is not a uniquely Christian idea. It's something that existed, and Jesus, if he existed, drew on the traditions of Judaism. You find that in the Torah, you find it in Buddhism. All right. Pretty much all world religions have that idea of, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, because it's a way that, as a social animal, humans can survive and not kill each other. You know, right. it's a universal truth that eventually we figure out. Um, so, did you know that um, you're part of? I did. You did. I figured. <laughs> uh, I figured. Uh, you're part of this new sort of resurgence I have in my own world. I think it was last time. I think it was the day that we moved the big rail. We had a long conversation in the car. I don't know what we were talking about. Justin's talking about a railing that we that I built and he helped me install. People were like, we moved the big rail. We're working on the railroad. <laughs> you know, we moved the big rail. Uh, and uh, we were talking about something, but I found, like, I, I think I found in my life like, so much of what I spend time doing on the spiritual world is trying to show people that I'm not all the things that we just talked about. Like, okay, I believe in this, but I'm also not this and doesn't mean I'm this. And, mm. it and that I forget sometimes that I still do believe something that's, that's crazy. Like that's out there. That's wild. It's irrational. Uh, irrational. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in that conversation I had with you, I remember thinking that day, like, and I think it was you and like, I had two or three other conversations around the same month where people were just like, like, cause I have this one girl I know she's, She's pretty seriously atheist, and she always introduces me she's as a girl or a woman. A woman, sorry, I don't know why I said. <laughs> I know, I know. Do, it's, do you work at the megachurch? Dang it! Do you work at the megachurch? Um, I was surprised she was allowed to speak. <laughs> she, me and her talking, she always introduced me as her pastor friend. Now I feel really bad for saying that. Um, I don't know why I said it. Uh, Ooh, I should edit this. Damn it! Like a dance song. Uh, just, but time out. In your story, Justin had a sermon once where he oh, yeah. he just kept referring to men laying strong. No, I didn't hands keep referring. It was one story, <laughs> but I, I think just, I saw that. Story. I took it, and cut it into a dance track, and it's still the most downloaded podcast we've ever had as a church. I should put that up with bastard pastors. Firm man hands on your body. Um, <laughs> that's I said day, it. That's the day that I learned that um, 
that um, electronic music is easy to use, easy to make and learn. Like, there's no skill in this at all. And this is where I become an old man. All the new music is shit and crap. But this, <laughs> this electronic music, to dance music, I'm like, oh, if anybody's doing acid, no matter what you're doing is good. So Well, that's the whole point. It has nothing to do with the music. music it's, <laughs> it's, it's for the acid, which is cool. Yeah. No, she Sorry, always introduced me as her pastor friend. I'm like, ooh, stop doing that. And she's like, and one time she pointed me aside and said, hey, you know, I really do respect you. I really do like who you are and she's like it's kind of cool I, I like you as my friend and I don't I like she's like you should own it a little more than you do and I was like oh shit she's right you mean like, you mean like when Walt asked you if the good news no, is really good that guy. news no I hate that guy <laughs> that's a different story um the uh but in that conversation with you I was like oh you know I should there's a part of me that you know I always I never just I just don't want to I don't want to be like oh I'm a Christian and it certainly comes with all these other things like mm-hmm. I'm not any of those things no um so, but it, in those conversations helped me to realize, okay, but there's still something that I am that I should at some point be a little more uh, forthcoming about when I'm talking about it instead of trying to be so elusive with it all the time. So anyways, you helped me, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, My end goal is to get you completely to drop all Christianity. Oh, no. To go be a blacksmith. Join, join the... Uh, you can't. Yeah. I, could, I would be a blacksmith, though. <laughs> I've always wanted... Hey, how many blacksmiths in Cincinnati are there besides you and, and Chris? Uh, there aren't any others. That's it. I mean, that's, you yeah, the, I mean, there's guys that do it kind of as a hobby, but there's no one really doing it full time. And there's a lot of other fabrication shops right. that do metal you know, work that's welding, but... I tried um, to get lessons for a long time when the, you guys were all at Brazy Street, but my mom would never pay for it. I was just like, uh, I get my parents to pay for that because I don't have the money for it. Maybe they'll, they'll do it for Christmas. They'll come down and help me work on some projects. I thought I was going to do that one day. I was all ready <laughs> to get burned and like hold it even though like ashes are hitting my hands. But I'm, I was like, I'm going to hold on still. My so I just had, had had you hold my railing while I drilled holes in the concrete. <laughs> yes, that's it. You go to, you go to Marymount Barbershop, right? No, I go to Gills. You go to Gills, that's right. So the Marymount Barbershop, the first time I walked in, the dude had the giant beard. And I was like, this is a guy I can trust to trim my beard. And uh, I went in there like six months later, and he's he's real short beard. I was like, what happened? He's like, well, if you're going to be a welder, your beard's going to catch on fire. And so he's like, I've got it. Because I guess he does welding on the side. It's like, I have to keep it short. I was like, oh, that's not a threat in my job ever. <clears throat> I'm never welding anything. Yeah, that's why mine's pretty short. You don't weld that much, though, do you? I do some welding, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess when you have to connect things. So you make a living just doing custom custom builds for people? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I do Well, I do a lot of, like, uh, art shows, like Hyde Park Art Show, okay. and things, craft shows and things okay. like that. So I, And then I have some online sales. And, and his Every thing, once in a while I sell a bottle opener red tree <laughs> it just depends on the season sometimes yeah. they go sometimes they don't so I try and have a diversity of income streams yeah yeah the, uh, but your deal is functionality but artistically with, with some made aesthetic. With, yeah yeah so. not just okay here's a bottle over but like here's a bottle over and I added my own yeah some sculptural element sculptural element to it which is the old way of doing blacksmithing right yeah I mean <clears throat> it's I mean, the really ornate stuff that you see from, like, the 16th century, it was a way of, you know, the ruling rich of advertising how wealthy they are. The more scrolls you had on a gate, the more money right. you had. It's mm-hmm. the same way Trump has a gold tower, you know? Right. It's like, Does it's he have a gold tower? Well, yeah. The inside of his house is, like, gilded with yeah. gold. It's real so gaudy it's by a, modern standards, because modern standards, everything pretty, should be pretty clean. Yeah. It's a very, like, 17th, 18th century sort of rich. Yeah. Is that the Trump Tower in New York? Yeah. It's a way Does of, he live there? Yeah, his wife does. 
Now, well, I mean, he lives in White House. He's in Florida all the time. Yeah. He spent they they went through and looked at the the amount of money it costs just for Secret Service to protect his wife and child. And they they said ideally the key they're saying is where his son can finish. There's all their elementary age son mm-hmm. can finish school this year. That's not unreasonable. Like it's taken, but it's caught because of the way they're staying in a very public building. And all those kind of things, it's costing tens of millions of dollars a month. Yeah, I mean, but uh, a lot of that stuff is, I think, folks that are climbing onto that because they have other political access to Ryan with Trump, which is, that's just side stuff. It's the bigger issues is what he's doing to health care and everything else, you know. uh, I would make them pay for it, though. I would say the taxpayers provide you a house at the White House. We will not. If you want to stay in New York, that's great. You need protection. Mm. Here's the bill for that. I would make them pay for that on the side. What uh? What what does he do in Florida? He's got he owns a golf club there, so he goes there almost every weekend to play golf. You think golf club? Well, it's interesting because the original house was actually the woman who bought it, and you know created Mar-a-Lago. The idea was to have a winter White House. It was to Mm. be like, and she actually made it available for I think it was FDR, one of the presidents. And the idea was it was supposed to be, you know, so they could get out of Washington in winter and have you know. And now he's using it as that. So. Yeah. And he's That's also enriching himself. So. Yeah. So his company gets paid, the company gets paid a lot of money to use this space because all the Secret Service agents have to rent rooms. All these, right. like, and they go, well, no, that's not uncommon because, like, Joe Biden was renting a house to the, to the, White, to the White House under their administration yeah. for his protection details. All the, all the politicians do it. All the politicians do it. Well, I appreciate you being my friend despite our differences, man. <laughs> I do appreciate it a lot. It means a lot to me. Um, any other last comments? You're kicking me off already? Well, unless there's more to talk about, I feel like it was dying. It was, it was um, I mean, we can do a conversion. Can we, like, make a conversion? And you can, like, speak in tongues. You know there are churches that pay people to just come up and get baptized? What? So that other people will not feel... The, ostensibly so other people won't feel awkward to be the first one to come and get baptized but they use it and this dude uses it regularly to prove like how successful his ministry is at converting people and I'm like that. shit well that's why people who have such big churches they write a book and then suddenly now 20,000 people bought their book because they all go to well church. but even that's a trick because the publisher will buy the book so the publisher Driscoll got in trouble for this because they wrote a book the publisher bought enough copies to land him on the New York Times bestseller list and then they donate the copies so the copies get given away for free. Well, and what also happens is that it's based on also purchases by major book chains, you know, like Borders and other yeah. places. And what happens is when those books don't sell, they end up at half price books. Right, right, right. So right. it's like technically no one's actually reading them. They're just... just oh, that's interesting. I always wonder why they're all there so cheap. Like that uh, Ollie's, they got so many like, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, what's in the West Side, and there's a bunch of them. There's one in like Elizabeth City too, and like I think they're all in generally like lower income areas. But it's awesome. It's like you go and it's all this. Oh, there's stuff. Like hundreds of books. Yeah, it's like lots of books, but it's lots of stuff. Kind of it's like a bio kind of place. But uh, the but anyways, there's lots of like Christian books there all the time. I'm like, wow, this is like <laughs> Christians churn out shitty books all the time. Uh, it is true. You don't like the Left Behind series. No, I don't. <laughs> we actually rip out, in our church, we rip out Revolution, and we put in all the Left Behind series. Uh, <laughs> the guys, just read that. It's, it's kind of really like your good. own Jefferson Bible. Yeah. yeah. We we, just you know, Kurt Nicholas Cameron Cage is our movies. is our bestie. Oh, it's it's Nicholas Cage now. That's right. Now. He redid it. What? Well, Nicholas Kurt Cage Cameron. In last, no, Kurt, he was in the last Left Behind movie. Kurt Cameron uh, did the Left Behind movies. Remember, because he, he's like super Christian right now. 
And like, uh, I thought there was. I know there was one movie that came out. No, so like, there's just all like of them. Two years ago, Kirk Cameron. Oh or, but then Nicholas Cage redid it, a new Left Behind movie. Is he a believer? Is he? I don't think so. They probably spent yeah, a bunch of. I don't think Nicholas Cage, Nicolas Cage. No way, man! I don't think Nicholas Cage says no to scripts. Almost like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Just, just, yep, yep. I'll do it. Do I have time? I think that's his deal. Let's see. Um, Nicholas Cage. Do you know there's a uh, Christian um, streaming movie service now called Pure? No. <laughs> Instead of like Netflix or like anything else, CISO or Amazon, it's you can hear. And I was it always shows up on my Facebook, and I'm like, who would watch any of these movies? But they're all starring Kurt Cameron, like oh. literally all starring. So the Kurt internet Cameron. says Nicolas Cage was grown up. The internet was says. A, was a Catholic, like grew up in a Catholic family, but his brother is a Christian pastor. But it doesn't say anything about what his beliefs are. But and I mean, his son but the thing is, the thing is, is, Hollywood's figured out if you market a particularly Christian movie, even if it does do well in the theaters, Christians will buy that stuff in droves. Like that's just a market to make. Which is why I don't like any of it. Like none of it's none of this is because oh we have a sincere belief in this, or none of this is because we believe this will make life better. Blah blah. blah. It's just a way to fleece the flock. It's it's Cartman realizing you can change baby to Jesus in any love song, and Christians will buy it. And it's great. There's two South Parks where Cartman's just like, right. because Christians are fucking stupid and they'll buy anything we put the name Christian on. And then they do. They go nuts. The other one is with Mickey Mouse about how they sell purity rings to kids. And it's, again, because Christians are stupid enough to buy So if us. I put a baby Jesus on all my bottle openers, I'll sell more. Uh, I bet you could have your own blacksmithing Jesus market. It'd be like, just just like old Jesus did back <laughs> in the day. Right. Are, you, are you friends with the other blacksmith in the city? Yeah. So what I you have to do is paint him as an atheist when you do this. You've got to say, the, the Christian blacksmith, there's a boost of that guy over there. Cause that's that's <laughs> how you Christian get the sale. Blacksmith. And then tell people oh. he's persecuting you. And then your bottle lovers start twisting like little Christian fish at the top, <laughs> the top of them. There's actually a really amazing Catholic church in Madeira. And uh, it's I think St. Gertrude's is the name of it. It's right on the main street there. You guys should check it out. Cause there's, oh, I know something. There's like a, it's like a probably maybe 10 or 12 foot tall statue of Jesus that's out of bronze at huh. the, right at the front entrance. And it was done by a German blacksmith. Um, oh, it's not casted? No, it's not cast. It's all forged bronze. So, huh. like, he took huge pieces of bronze and everything, the hands and everything are all hand forged. And it's it's an amazing huh. sculpture. He was also a uh, alive and working during the rise of the Nazis, so he did a lot of work for the Nazi party, so he's... <laughs> you got to get paid, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is paid. interesting that after the war, he was somehow rehabilitated and started doing uh, huh. Christian statues all over the United States, huh. so... But it's beautiful, bronze-forged sculpture. What's the biggest piece you've ever made? <clears throat> uh, I did a sculpture in Germany last year that was probably the largest piece. It was... Uh, uh, I think 80 millimeter round, which is about four or five inches solid stock forged. So that was probably one of the bigger pieces. How do you forge eight inches? A big steel? Big power hammer. Big pneumatic power hammer. Oh, it's those big machines of the pictures. Yeah. So it's like hammering down and you're twisting or whatever? Yeah. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pictures he had online were like, look like the pictures in The Hobbit when the dwarves are like forging some <laughs> big giant hammers swinging and that's what it looked like, and embers flying everywhere. I saw a machine build, it may have been one of those like giant earth mover drills, like how they fat, like the giant, like the ones they used to tunnel 
like highway mm-hmm. tunnels right. with. Like it's as big around as six cars or whatever. Yeah. I saw some machine on how to cast that. It was the machine they had to build to cast that thing was insane. Yeah, there's uh, there's some videos have gone around online too where they show how like big turbines are made and then they start with this giant ingot and they bring in it's like basically a forklift that grabs a thing and it's like as big as this house and it's like giant machines that come down and you know shape it and it's all done red hot it's pretty cool that is crazy so if you need blacksmithing stuff you should look for our friend mark yeah buy his stuff at red tree I, look, I just pop is, you, is your um <laughs> is your uh just like kelly on conway <laughs> do you have a, do you, you don't have a, is it just gilsdorf or do you have a company name do you have a blacksmithing name uh well it's mark gilsdorf artist blacksmith so. got it it's good check it out and if you know, if you ever want to come to church, you can always go to, to Legend. Uh, looking in here, oh. like CC, you came out, you had to. <laughs> and I want to. We want to talk about this like uh, loving God stuff too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, there really was a class called apologetics that they were like, "All right, guys, you're gonna meet some atheists out there, and they're gonna say this, 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 and you say this, this, this. Though you can't beat it. And they're they're just gonna be like, oh shit, you're right. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Damn it. That's exactly how they said. They're like. They they just won't know what it, what's going to happen, guys. And then like people were like writing it down. <laughs> that is, that's, that's one of the things I I've read like Kierkegaard that I really liked is his point of like, okay, Christian belief is irrational. Just be happy with be that. Happy just with that. accept right. it. It's okay. it's faith. It's not based on rational ideas. Exactly. It's like, which well, I get, and, you know. And because of that, I'm actually okay with all the rational ideas too. If you come to me tomorrow, and this is my argument all the time when. When my friends who have done all the legwork of getting their PhDs in biology tell me that that evolution looks solid, cool. You know what? I don't have any basis on which to object to that thought, right. and that the person who's done the work can bring that. Then I say, okay, cool. I believe you literally mean, that the Bible doesn't teach a seven day creation, um, but that's a literature point. That's a, that that's going to be brought with a different sort of argument than my my scientist friends are going to bring. You mean you can't just go no. You're wrong. You can. You can. Oh, they do. That's essentially what people do all the time. Oh, it's called the Creation Museum. <laughs> and the Noah's Ark. I heard they're hemorrhaging money again. So they they built that that Ark encounter with park tax funding. With tax funding, but specifically just to prop up the Creation Museum, which wasn't making any money. Taking this amusement park, which and for a year it did. Mm. Yeah, when I, I used to work admissions at the Christian college, and there was this guy who came in one day, and he's got this bag of, like, sticks that looks like protest signs, and he's coming there to look at check out the college, and I was like, what's in the bag, man? He's like, oh, man, the, well, you know, you know, the Creation Museum's opening up this weekend. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't so get into that. So he was protesting? Like he that? goes, I was like, so what are you going to do? He's like, there's going to be protesters there. And a bunch of us were getting together, and we're going to protest the, the protesters. Got him. And I was like, oh, okay. And anyways, met with him. I saw me a couple weeks later, and I was like, how did that, how did that protest go? Well, well, man, you know, no one showed up to protest it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so we still carried our signs around for a little bit, and then we went inside. Well, I do like uh, the, uh, I forget which of the, there's several uh, atheist groups here in town. They bought the rights for, like, you know, there's a thing where you can donate money and get the right to name a section of highway if you clean up, you yeah. know, the highway yeah. and you get your name on a little thing. So the section of 275 right before the Creation Museum, like the 
friends of tri-state atheists got the thing so it says like this road maintained by tri-state atheists of, you know, <laughs> right before you get off the exit to go to the creation museum. i had one of my professors like he, he who's a really funny and pretty ingenious guy but he was like talking about you know the christian fish and it's not really much of a christian symbol whatever it is anyways and he's like i thought it was really clever when atheists came up with the Darwin fish. He's like, it was a very, very clever design with the with the, the feet. feet yeah. And he's like, he's like, I always just really, you know, thought it was very clever and well done. And he's like, and then, and this was like in the late 90s, where they, did you see the, then the Christians came out with another fish that was against the Darwin fish. No. It was like the Christian fish eating the Darwin fish. And he's like, <laughs> and then we come up with something that's, the back of your car. Oh he's gosh. like, and then we come up with something that's not very clever, that's really dumb. But I always wanted uh, to have a shirt that had a like a race and like a finish line and a start line and have the the atheist fish on the finish line and the Christian fish on the start line because you know it doesn't have legs can't you can't race <laughs> right. it's like a flop <laughs> and people are like what would that be saying I was like I don't know I just think it's really funny I don't even know what it would be saying you should but make, make that I should well, you would wear it right because yeah. you're like hey my fish beat yours in a race that's right <laughs> when the arc my fish beat yours in a race that would be it <laughs> dang it I think I'm like 10 years too far removed from now you've just idea. you know thrown it out to the world uh, so everyone's going to make it every 6,000 million people who listen to our podcast yeah, you just copyrighted it I copyright you just, you just can't, you've got that's how you copyright things that's <laughs> how you copyright things I could declare copyrightation <laughs> when that ARC account reopened I was driving for Uber and, have you uh, seen it I've never even seen it yeah well so is it like tower in the distance uh, so on a Sunday afternoon we're just hanging home and we're doing all that I said Kill, I'm gonna sign up for Uber and see if we make some money today and uh so I get a call to go downtown I go pick up a, a British family so it's a mom and dad and a and like a nine year old they're from Britain first time ever in the United States and they came here to go to the Creation Museum and the ARC now they it was during a Reds game, like the so like seventh inning of a Reds game was going on, so I picked them up, and because I picked them up downtown, it was surge pricing. It was seventy eight dollars for me to drive them from downtown to because it's thirty miles. There's a lot of other things in the United States. But so States they they planned they planned so a you, trip. Did, you did the full two seventy five loop right, right. Oh, to Tri County. Well, and they like. got money apparently. So um, whoa, it's a long way, guys. <laughs> but they uh, they they were planning a trip to New York, and they're like. And then we found out about this communication museum, and we just had to come. And I was like, well, man, the, the Cincinnati Zoo is like five minutes from here. It won't cost you any money, and they'll actually tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you should have dropped them off at the Underground Railroad Freedom Center. Say, hey, that's the museum right there. Go that's it. Go it ahead. Well, I drove, about the and down at the right on the river walk, they have the long like timeline of evolution. <laughs> yeah, right. let's go for a walk. <laughs> let's go. We're going to start here. <laughs> but we, uh, I drove them all the way down there to file them up through wherever it is in Kentucky. And, um, cause it's, cause the creation museum's on 275, mm, really, the, um, the arc is, it's another half hour south oh, really? of that. And so we drove all the way down there and there was nobody there on this Sunday afternoon and I dropped them off at like two 30 and they're like, so, um, so we're we getting back. <laughs> no, I was like, I don't know. Cause I'm hanging around and there ain't going to be no Uber drivers down here. You better call the, you better get the creation museum to call somebody for you. See if you can take and a boat. My guess is they'll bust you back. Yep. That damn thing wouldn't float. If it flooded, if Central Kentucky flooded the day, that stupid boat wouldn't float. Oh, that would be so great. That would be like, I would love it if it just, <laughs> it just sort sank. of drowned. <laughs> it sank. I just love the fact that like when they first opened, they had like a video of like, you know, Adam and Eve. Oh, the and then porn? It, it, porn star? And then it came out that the lead star was a gay male porn star. <laughs> what? 
I like, if there's a god, he's got the best sense of humor. There you go. Well, I loved it. I love that it took them five years, modern construction equipment, modern construction crew, multi-millions of dollars, to build this thing that they think a, a pre-Stone Age man built with his hands. Oh, they had giants. Don't you know they had the See, magic the, giants? That's I'm the in. best thing. I'm in with the giants. When I saw the Aronofsky movie, I was like, I believe it now. Didn't believe it before. <laughs> But now I do, because yeah. if they were stone giants, or tree giants, whatever they were, then, yeah, that makes I sense. Lo- I love, like, all the criticism they got from, like, you know, conservative Christians, and they're like, look, we're Jewish, it's our story, it's we just tell how we want to tell it. Well, even, even Christians are, so in, in the Bible, Peter's like, well, and just like Noah did this, Peter takes the Noah story, twists it and changes it to make it a Christian allegory, too, because that's. That's what Jewish people always do with their stories, is they take them and twist them and change them and play with them to tell the story they wanted to tell today. Then, in, oh, man, sounds like you're trying to say something else there. So slightly anti-Semitic. I, was, <laughs> oh, I, I get, get on I board get, with this. So I get accused of that all the time, too, because, I, I'm, because I'm pro-Palestinian, so mm. I have to be anti-Semitic, which is crazy to me, too. Right. We didn't even talk about that, because that's a big... Those are the other things you and I agree on. We got a couple of retro customers. You got to keep that down to down. Dude, he tried, to, he tried to do that to me the other day. <laughs> I he, tried getting him in a conversation with uh, Susan. Susan Zionist. Yeah, yeah, super Zionist. He's like, well, Jason goes to Jerusalem all the time. What the fuck are you doing, man? I don't know what <laughs> I was like, I him. And then he told us on the community council, and she wanted to talk about community council stuff for hours. You know, it's dirty down here. Yeah, I know. Talk to Matry. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> it's dirty down there. It's all the Crossroads coffee cups over there. That's four times I'm going to bleep that. I think we stopped everyone. Although we might be having a crossroads pastor on our podcast. Oh yeah. And then we can say everything we've always wanted to say. No, you couldn't be me to check me out. I couldn't be. He's such a nice guy. Nice he's like guy. the nicest guy in the world. He's um, like the main guy there. No, he's second. like the second main guy there. Gonna ask him about their turning uh, gold teeth into. Yeah, I am gonna ask that's him good. the gold teeth. So do that. And that's on my list to be like, okay, this is first and foremost. I gotta hear the gold teeth because <laughs> I've heard, and I've even seen emails that he had sent to the staff. Hey, but so I wanna, I wanna hear the gold teeth story. Yeah, we're all familiar. Um, gold, God doesn't turn to the gold in our church. It's wood or ash. It's like, let God, what, turn, what? let God somebody turn somebody's teeth to gold in my church and see if I don't rip that tooth out that morning. <laughs> well, God gave it to me. This is a time. I'll split it with Looks you. Looks like God provided today. <laughs> gold teeth. If any of you are listening to your teeth turn to gold, I demand to know about it. Um, well, thanks for your time, man. Yep. You're the sure. best. Uh, oh, we have a band that can play. You motherfuckers need